Welcome to the life you're made for with me, Dr. Heather Penny. We're going to be having conversations to talk about us spiraling up versus spiraling down because we all want to be living lives that are about thriving, not just surviving. This is the life you're made for. So let's get going. Hello, Tammy. It's so good to have you here today. Thanks, Heather. I know we've been trying to get this on the calendar for a while, so it's great to be here. All I can say is I'm super proud of our teams because we don't know each other, but our teams know us well enough to say, hey, Tammy, you're going to love Heather. Heather, you're going to love Tammy. And I sound like you're like me where I'm like, okay, I trust my teams because I've got such a great team on my on my side. And so I'm super excited to step in this conversation today. And we got to have a little pre-interview as we were chatting about what you do and what I do. And there's so much similarity, so much crossover. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself with that piece. But the other piece I really want us to start jumping into today, and I think you're going to be excited about this, listeners. We have a lot of similarities of midlife, not crisis, but midlife opportunity. And, you know, I jokingly call it that. So I will say, yeah, there's a little bit of crisis involved too, and a crisis, identity crisis too. There's but always opportunity in crisis, right? Heather? There is, there is. <laughs> so we'll be hitting on that a little bit today. But before we jump into our conversation, Tammy, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, great. So again, Tammy Alvarez, I am the creator of the Career Winner Circle. We are an executive leadership and career coaching firm that supports mid to senior level leaders. Um, and we really focus on getting through the junk that prevents us from loving every Monday again. Mm. And so for those leaders who have been dedicated to their careers and they're just starting to feel marginalized, sidelined, you know, the industry they picked is a dying industry and they just feel like they're on the, you know, sinking on the Titanic. You know, our coaching programs really work with them to step into that high impact, high vibrant, thriving career again. Um, because we do believe that everyone deserves to love Mondays. And if you don't, then you need to be doing something differently. Mm. And just a quick, you know, background on me. I spent 20 years on Wall Street. Uh, the last 10 to 15, I was a C-suite executive and mm. I had that job everyone aspired to, <laughs> right? The corner office, the yeah. big title, the big paycheck, the fancy apartment, all the things. And I loved it until I didn't. Yep. And yep. I remember sitting in the boardroom during one after one earnings call. I mean, got our clock cleaned because we missed earnings again. And, you know, usually it's like, I'm in it to win it. And the the stress is high and you love it. And I just remember having this giant out-of-body experience Mm -hmm. where I just didn't care anymore. And I just felt like (laughs) I had this giant case of, I just don't give a shit. I just, I'm like, and I couldn't get myself to care. Yeah. I loved my career until it didn't. And then about a few months later, once bonus is cleared, um, I cashed (laughs) out of Wall Street moved to a tropical island um, off the coast of Belize in Central America and started my coaching business six years ago. Um, So it has been an epic adventure of trying to move from big corporate executive to entrepreneur. I've made all kinds of mistakes that I can't wait to talk to you about. And (laughs) that's why we're here today. (laughs) I love it. I call that the epiphany moment. Yeah. And I think for all our listeners, if you're having that epiphany moment, we want to just encourage you to listen to it. Don't be scared of it. Lean into it. My epiphany moment was, you know, I was on the track of faculty and university life. And I remember sitting in a faculty meeting going, I don't care about this anymore. And this is two hours. I cannot get back in my life. I, I don't want to be here. I and cannot here's, do this one yeah, more minute. I cannot do this one more minute. And here's the thing I want to tell people. Own that, you know, our tendency is to, we can start getting mad at other people. It has nothing to do with them. 
it has everything to do with the fact that we've outgrown where we're at right now. And it takes a lot of courage to, to slow down and take a look at that. Right. So I, I guess that's where I want to jump in. You know, my book, The Life You're Made For, the title says it all. You it know, does, you, you I know, love the title, by the way. I oh, thank it. you. I got lots of help in naming it because I'm not really good yeah, at naming yeah, stuff. But, you know, it yeah. does. <laughs> so as you're as you're looking at the life that you're made for, what gave you that clarity to say, I, I'm done with this? And I'm laughing at you because you went from Wall Street to Belize and now you're in Mexico and you went from this high potential earning, I mean, career that you like you said, everyone aspires for in New York. And then you just like left it all, went back, went to paradise, started a coaching career. These are all things that I think all of us have questions about because I think we dream of doing that and you did it. So tell us a little bit about how that journey has been. Um, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the whole process has been terrifying. So let's not yeah. pretend it's not. Yeah. Um, and there was a big mix between people who thought I was so brave and people who thought I was out of my ever loving mind. Yeah. And, right. you know, I got things like, why are you leaving? Why are you giving up? And I'm like, giving yeah. up Um, this is probably one of the most bravest things I've ever done. Right. And throughout my entire career, I've always had this mindset that if I didn't like it, change it. And I think it's because I started my career very untraditionally. So when we were growing up, I grew up poor, didn't know it at the time. But long story short, my dad and my mom split, no big deal. But when my dad left, we became homeless. And at 15 years old, we were couch surfing, staying with relatives, you know, staying with friends, you know, all of those things. Mm. Um, And I saw how much my mom struggled. Right. And I swore to myself, I would never be that person. Mm-hmm. And she just, you know, she was just ill-equipped to handle all the things uh, that life threw at her, you know, in terms of supporting my sister and me and all that stuff. And so I was always hyper assertive and aggressive with my career, high risk taker, because I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my college degree until I was 40. Mm-hmm. Yet I'm as a managing director on Wall Street, you know, and mm-hmm. youngest female, only female at the leadership table in so many cases. So I had naturally built this massive fear-based drive mm-hmm. um, from an ambition perspective to make sure that I didn't end up, you know, on the short of the stick like my mom. And because of that, I really built that skill and that muscle to change. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one was different, though. Um, because it was different to change a job or change companies or, or Mm -hmm. do this. And this time I wasn't just building on skills that I had already had and moving a little bit forward, a little bit faster. This felt like I was doing something completely out of my depth Mm. and I was absolutely terrified. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew that I could not spend another minute doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was bored out of my mind. You know, I felt like even if I moved to a different organization, it was just same crap, different acronyms. And I just couldn't do it anymore. And I had started to fall out of love with what I was doing probably about three or four years prior. Okay. Um, but I had transferred my passion into helping my leadership teams get where they wanted to go. Oh. And, you know, cause I always find like, you know, something to be passionate about. And even that was starting to wear off. So I'm like, I got to hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we did. We mm-hmm. decided, okay, let's do something big. My partner and I, so Steve has owned his own company for 20 years, thankfully, mm-hmm. because he talked me off the ledge every minute of every day. <laughs> Good job, Steve. For me, I was like, yes, yes we're going to take on the world. Yeah. And every time something I did, I'm like, I'm going to be homeless. So I'm going to have to go back to Wall oh. Street, which was my mm-hmm. failure. Yeah. Like, Go big or go home was was meaningful for me because if this didn't work, 
like my concession, I know first world problems, but is that I'd have to go back to Wall Street and make a half a million dollars again. And that was the last yeah. thing I wanted to do. And well, those were your two experiences too. Yeah, That's what's so it. profound, right? Homelessness yeah. and Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And so you were feeling that that fear of getting trapped into those two lifestyles yeah. and you were trying to find a whole new lifestyle. Yeah, there has to be something else out yeah, there. And right. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I didn't realize at the time is that I wrapped up so much of my identity into what I did. Yeah. And when that identity is gone or when you have to reestablish your identity, Mm -hmm. um, it gives you a chance to hit the reset button. Mm -hmm. And now I don't start with talking about what I do for a living. I don't start with, mm-hmm. you know, so who do you work for? What's your title? You know, that mm-hmm. like we always usually do, you know, you always used to do that. And so you find that you're able to have a more diverse life uh, because there's mm-hmm. more to it than just work and, you know, running the family and trying to keep everything moving. And so it really gave me this opportunity to find passion in a totally different way. And oh, when I, I started that. the company, mm-hmm. it was really about helping people who were just like me get out of the grind, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like when you get that pit in your stomach on Monday or on Sunday nights, and you're like, I have to go to go through the same insanity again tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Like you start to get that anxiety on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. and, uh, but you're making too much money. You have too many obligations. You've got mm-hmm. an adult life that you've built for yourself. So mm-hmm. you can't sell everything and live in a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so all the clients that are mom, just like me get to where, get to their happy mm-hmm. place, which mm-hmm. none of them, to Tropical Island, by the way, they all found their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was where my joy came from. Mm. Now that the business is continuing to grow, we've got seven coaches now and we're, you know, we're expanding. My joy is building the business and building the coaches and helping them build their businesses. So it's fun to just continually take a, take stock on what lights me up. Mm. What are the things that I really want to step into that I could do for 12 hours a day, never be tired and just want to do more of. And continuing to reassess that because it changes as things in the landscape change. What I really want to highlight, though, is you saw that in your Wall Street corporate job when you I heard you say it. What I love doing was helping the team, my team around me. And so I want the you know, our listeners really pay attention to that. You're probably already doing it to some degree. Pay attention to what you love and probably your most miserable state. (laughs) (laughs) And start kind of threading and teasing that out because that's probably what's going to guide you for that next stage in life. Absolutely. And one Mm. of the traps I see a lot of our clients get stuck in Mm. is they, they feel they don't know why they want what they want. You know, first Mm. of all, they don't know what they definitely want. It's like, I know I don't want this, but I don't know what I do want. And there's some Mm -hmm. shame in that in terms of being in your mid forties or mid fifties and feeling like you should have this all figured out by now, but you don't. Oh, sure. Yeah. Newsflash, you're like everyone else. So this is not unique, right? So own it and step into it. But I also think when you ask, why do you want that? Right. The answer usually rings hollow. Mm. It's because that's the next thing, or it's what I'm expected to do, or it's what I need to do to buy the Tesla so I can keep up with my neighbors. Mm. Instead of saying, if you only had to care about yourself, mm-hmm. about money and all that kind of stuff, because that will follow when you find your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, what would it be? Mm-hmm. You know, and what lights you up? And when you take away the um the pressure of what you believe others' expectations are of you and start to lean into almost a playful mindset Mm. of, okay, where do we take this now? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's amazing what things get uncovered. Oh, I love it. 
Wow. I am loving what you're saying. And I want to link it to the three C's because you're already doing it, but I want to just kind of highlight it. Sorry, the coach in me has to just go there. And for our audience, I know a lot of us are really thinking about these three C's and how we live with clarity, confidence, and courage. But the clarity I heard you say was around your identity. This is your identity was shifting and you're no longer wanting to attach to work. The confidence piece has to do with our belief systems. And I'm hearing you say your money will follow when you figure out those passions. So what a powerful belief. The false belief many of us live with is we kind of just have to grind, grind, grind and strive, strive, strive. We basically have to be miserable to make money or be successful. And so I'm hearing you shift that belief, which just has to do with their confidence. And then that courage piece is stepping into what brings me more joy. I'm going to put action around action steps around that joy piece. Yeah. You said something earlier too. I wanted to return to, um, you said a fear-based drive. I want to ask you, um, are you replacing that fear-based drive with something else? Or is that still something that motivates you? Talk to us a little bit more about that. I think every time I make a big change, that fear comes back. Mm. It just does, right? It's human right. nature. I love to say you can, you know, but it's there. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, that fear of failure, that fear of, you know, am I making the wrong decision? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's two things that have worked for me well, that I show my clients how to do as well, that helps you get past that fear bubble. Mm. Because we don't live in a persistent state of fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so, so one is that, you know, I don't believe people are inherently fearful. Mm. They don't fear change. I believe they fear loss. And so if you, if I told you you were going to win the lottery tomorrow and you're going to get $70 million in your bank account, that is going to change your life significantly. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. But immediately when we think about change, we immediately have this, you know, this scarcity mindset. Mm. Instead of saying, what if everything goes wrong? It's like, what if everything goes right? Mm-hmm. And so, so really understanding for me, what's, what's the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. How do I mitigate, detect, or prevent that? And mm-hmm. then can I handle it if everything goes terribly wrong? Mm-hmm. Which in this last big move was like, I'd have to go move back with my mom and sleep on our couch for a couple months until I figure <laughs> things out. I'm like, yeah. you know, yeah, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so getting over that fear was, was big for me. Mm-hmm. I also think that there is this dichotomy that people get stuck in, which is the relationship between failure and success. Mm. Yeah. Look at them like they're opposite and they're not. You actually cannot be successful without failing. Mm-hmm. Well and said. So, yeah. You know, to have that, if you're avoiding failure, you're avoiding success because you can't have one without the other. Oh my gosh. Hey, we got to stop there. That's so good, Tammy. If you are avoiding failure, you're avoiding success. Yeah. And I, you're right on. That's where I see people get so stuck. They want to mitigate every single possible risk of failure. But the failure is what brings you into success. Absolutely. And yeah. it's not binary. Yeah. Once you've done anything yeah. where it's either a complete failure yeah. or a complete success. I never have. Right. And so when you take this experimental mindset, instead of having a pass fail, black, white, mm-hmm. yes, no, mm-hmm. take on that, what does this button do mindset? Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it's an experiment. So you're expecting some things to go well. You're expecting some things to not go well. And then you get rid of the stuff that doesn't work and you move on, you know, and you double down on the things that did. Mm-hmm. And so when you step into it that way, then there's no longer this fear of failure because you're going to fail a little and you're going to succeed a little and you're going to use that to continue to grow. Mm. And 
So embracing that mindset. And it was hard for me to do that with my own business because it was my own money. <laughs> right? Oh, so I know. I was like, yeah, okay. yeah. I was like, that's an expensive mistake. Yes. Um, you know, I've, got those. I've got a lot of expensive mistakes. I get yeah, it. Same, same. And I'm still <laughs> making them, right? Yeah, so yeah. just new ones, not the old ones, but yeah. I'm still making new ones. And mm-hmm. But when you really start to look at that and say, okay, let's try this. Mm-hmm. And not all of it's going to work and not all of it's going to suck. Yeah. And let's just move on to the next thing. Um, because you can't have success without fulfillment. Mm. And if you spent a long time in your adult life not feeling fulfilled, you can't expect to have a light switch moment where all of a sudden you turn it on, it's going to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A little bit. I felt good. You try something else. Well, that didn't feel good. And you keep going until you get to where you want to be because you're never there. Right. As things change, right. the dynamics change. So if I'm hearing, I love what you're saying. If I'm hearing you correctly, you know, that initial risk is going to be some motivation with fear, but it's not going to dominate the whole journey. In fact, I feel like it cripples us if it does. (laughs) And it's starting to replace those little like permissions of, you know, failure is going to be linked to success. We get to learn from whatever places that we kind of fall flat on our face. We get to shift and we get to actually embrace new mistakes and recognize we're learning from the old one, but that that they're all trusting that there's an abundance of success that's waiting for you instead of this fear that every failure is going to pull you backwards. Absolutely. And we have a career based on more successes than failures. Because mm. if you didn't, you wouldn't be in the role you're in now. Right. And right. so why do we assume that everything is going to go wrong right. and that we're going to have this massive failure moment? Right. Um, you know, so I really think that making a fear-based move psychologically, not that I'm a psychologist or I don't play one on TV either, but like you have to be in a little bit of pain before you're going to make a big change. Right. Very few people are going to be like, I am so happy here. I can't stand it. And I want to change anyway. It happens sometimes, but not all, not most of the time. So when you're in that moment of you're already not in a good mindset, yeah, and you already feel like you're kind of playing a little bit behind the curve. Then even it's even more important to make sure that you're checking in, take that experimental mindset, realize that nothing is going to be all good or all bad, and then just continue to tweak as you go. Okay, so let's use this metaphor for our listeners because, as you and I both know, we've seen people who take these massive risks, and we're like, whoa, 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 no, no. <laughs> and then we others we see other ones. We're like, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we, we want to help create a little bit of this balance here. And one of the metaphors I use in my book is this idea of, uh, skydiving. We are in the plane and we want to see you take that leap and that jump, but we want to make sure you have a parachute on. That actually, (laughs) right. Right. That act, that actually works and (laughs) and that you know how to use it. So as a coach, I think you and I are both this, this, this way. And I think this, caring for our clients is saying, yes, yes, take that leap, but let's check if they have a parachute. Let's check if it's an operating parachute. Let's check if they know how to work it. As we use that metaphor, I just, I guess I want to jump into that space of saying, where is it that you help put the parachute on people and make sure that's operating um, before they take the leap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the, the biggest opportunity, you know, the biggest opportunity is to make sure the parachute is there and functional yeah. is one in assessing risk. Cause there is mm. always risk. Um, and it's not just the risk of the situation that you're in or wanting to go in. It's also the seasonality of your career. Mm. And I think we all have different seasons. And early in my career, I had to swing big because I didn't have a college degree and felt like I had to play a little bit more aggressively, mm. you know, 
later in my career, I had a young daughter. I was, a, you know, I was, my husband was a stay-at-home dad. So I was the breadwinner. So I had to pull back and be a little more conservative. Now that she's off the payroll again, I'm like back out doing my thing. Mm. And so accept, understand, and appreciate the seasonality because you can't mm. always take the big risks. Mm-hmm. But also I think realize in terms of how that parachute is, I call it the parachute of perspective. Mm. And we tend to put things in life for death situations. Mm-hmm. And the reality is most of us are not saving lives. Mm. And so to put that level of stress on like, if this goes wrong, everything is, you know, I'm going to die, which is not going mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. That's not necessary. Right. So I think mm-hmm. some perspective, understanding risk, and then trusting your past successes are really the things that you need to fill out that parachute. I love that because the thought is hitting me. You, you've referenced not having a college degree several times. I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I forgot, you know, teaching credential, master's or PhD. It's funny as we're kind of coming to the middle, realizing no, that stuff matters, whether you have one or doesn't to the, to the degree that we thought it did in our oh, younger right. years. It's changed. So, yeah. So you're coming from that angle of saying, I got to prove myself. And I'm coming from the angle of, I can't not know something. Right. <laughs> I got too many letters behind my name and I'm going to look like a fool if I say I don't know. So learning to have that comfortableness with going, of course, I don't know. And I'm okay with not knowing. And I get to just stay curious and step in that space and say, I don't know, but man, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a, and I'm not, I'm going to take that pressure off myself that I have to know because I have the degrees and you're on the other end of the spectrum saying, I'm going to take that pressure off myself to keep trying to prove myself because I don't have a college degree. I think there's that, and it goes back to what you said earlier, this idea of identity going, where does our identity really lie? Does it lie in college degrees, in education, in work, and experience? No, I think all that has some value to who made us who we are, but it doesn't get to define who we are in present day. And I think as we start letting go of some of those things, yeah. it's, um, I don't know what the antithesis of a parachute, but maybe weights that are holding us back. And yeah. we're saying, I'm going to get these weights off my back. And I'm going to put a parachute on my back. I am who I am today. And where, you know, what got me here has so much value. We no longer have to try and prove ourselves around the spaces that we're trying to live and work in. Can you speak yeah. a little bit to that? Yeah, I think, and you and I are in the same boat as our, a lot of our clients as well, is mm-hmm. that when you start to make that shift, yeah. From being paid for what you do to being paid for what you know. Yeah. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, you're not the one that has to know the latest widget or the latest this. You're the sage, mm-hmm. right? You're Yoda. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's going to help all the people that are on their journey get there faster, smarter, less expensive, mm-hmm. all those things. And so I think embracing the diversity of how we all got where we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I only got my degree under duress because I got disqualified <laughs> for a board seat just because of that. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm going to get that now. <laughs> like at this point, you know, so I did it under duress, but I did finally get it. But, yeah. you know, but I hid that for the longest time. Sure. Like I never lied. HR always knew it was always a pain to get a new job because exceptions had to be made. Right. Um, you know, but it was not something I owned publicly, sure. you know? Um, mm-hmm. because I was so insecure about all the other people with all their degrees, mm-hmm. global experience and all this other stuff that I was working with. Mm-hmm. And so realizing that you have value to offer mm-hmm. others who are behind you on their journey. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we think we've got to be perfect. We've got to be an expert. Yes. We've got to do this. And we hold ourselves to a standard that no one actually has. I mean, right. 
you wrote a book. You're working on the mm-hmm. next one. I'm about ready to get mine out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, it's off to the printer as we speak. And so that imposter syndrome kicks back in again. Yes. Right? Doesn't it? Oh, it never yes. leaves you. That's what I tell people. I'm like, it never leaves you. You just sure learn how to. Cycle, but it yeah. shows up. And I'm yeah. Like, Here we go again. Right. Right. But you learn the coping strategies totally. for recognizing it quicker. And you know, you're like, oh, it's the, that's my old friend my or my old um, I enemy. I give it a name, which yeah. is a girl I hated in high school, so I won't say the name now. Uh, <laughs> but yes, you know, it's usually that's like, oh, shut up. You yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. You're not going to take me out. And I think it's this awareness that when people look at sometimes us taking these big risks and doing these things and we are successful in what we're doing, they're like, well, it's just easy for you. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I also was clinging to the side of the airplane, terrified to jump. And we probably circled the jump zone 20 times. You know, I too forgot to put the parachute on correctly, or I had it on, but I forgot to figure out how to operate. I mean, I too had to figure these things out. But I think as we started embracing life as a learning posture and not something to be perfect in, I felt the pressure come off of me and I continue to do it. So as I show up in these spaces, I'm like, I get to trust that I'm here for a reason. And I may not totally know that reason yet, but I'm here to stay open and to stay teachable. And that's the the true belief that I bring with me when I do speaking and writing and everything. So I guess I'm hearing some similar true beliefs, but I want to say, what are some you know beliefs that you carry around with you so that you don't get stuck in that fear of never jumping or overreacting and just jumping everywhere because you're trying to prove yourself to the world? Yeah. And I I think, um, you know, some of the belief systems that I hold for myself personally is that it's, it's a, it's a sense of deserving, you know, I I deserve to step into things that light me up. You know, I deserve to do things that, um, that make me happy regardless of what the norms are supposed to be. Right. Um, you know, I deserve to leave a legacy, um, that I'm proud of without like being that. held back by what mm-hmm. other people think should be or shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, when we moved to Belize, especially the first couple of years of business, I never made less money mm-hmm. and I never lived so richly. Powerful. And that and challenged I, your identity, didn't it? Totally. Yeah. I was, I mean, I, you know, you get like 10 pair of Louboutins, every designer bag you could possibly imagine. <laughs> fancy apartment. I had all the things and getting rid of that was so freeing. Wow. And, um, you know, I didn't even have Gucci flip-flops when I went to the Island, right. I like <laughs> got rid of all the things and, you know, and, but being able to do that and live such a fulfilled life, yes. with low economic standards in terms of yeah. what I earned, um, was just life-changing for me. That's powerful. And, remaining out of the country and just seeing all the materialistic mm-hmm. always on Amazon at your doorstep every day type stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love my Amazon, you know, but yeah. you know, there's more to life than stuff. Mm-hmm. And that the more you can really get clear on what lights you up and realize that the constructs that you've built mm-hmm. may not be sustainable in what really lights you up and be okay with that. Love that. Mm-hmm. And so much more happy, so much more fulfilled and make such a bigger impact to everyone around you when you start to cut those ties. Oh, I love that. So for our listeners, you might be re- really resonating with some of this stuff. And this is where I want to ask Tammy, Tammy, what could be the first step they could do today? If they're saying that's me, I'm having this epiphany. I don't, 
I don't want to return to what I used to do, but I don't know what is forward. And I'm too scared to take the jump. I mean, what could they do today that will help them begin that journey that you and I both have taken? Yeah, I think that the very first thing that's easy to do as soon as you stop listening to this podcast is to take 10 or 15 minutes and just write down everything that lights you up. Mm, I love that. doesn't matter. Notice I didn't say you have the most experience in or that's the most valuable or yeah. where you, you know done the most work. But mm-hmm. what are the things that truly light you up mm. that you can do for 12 hours and end up more energized than when you started that you feel like this is my, like, I could do this all the time. I love it. Um, and when you start to look at that small group of things mm-hmm. and start to build a life with as much of that as you possibly can have. Mm. Um, start adding, start filling that cup a little bit more each time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, call you or me for help. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Get some professionals That's on your side. Step, right? yes, yes, exactly. yeah. <laughs> That's how I worked smarter, not harder. I hired my own coach and it, me helped me launch my business and company. And I do encourage that because it works and it helps you not feel quite as alone. And it helps you it's like that uh, when you first start doing skydiving, you have it with a partner. They're they're doing it with you and they're yeah. taking the jump with you because That's they've tandem. jumped it. Right. Yeah, the tandem. Mm-hmm. They've jumped it thousands of times. And so for us, it might be the first jump, but we have a buddy in our corner and it does help you stabilize and step into that space and trust yourself. Love well, it's that. like that the overwhelm too, right? Because yeah. when you're in it, yeah. it's like really hard to see. I've never, I, I've always had, since I started this business, I've always had a coach. I've yeah. changed them as my business has continued to grow and what my goals were, but I've always yeah. had a coach because when you are in it and even with the team now, it's just different. And mm-hmm. I need that person to say, this is the answer that's right in front of your nose that you're not seeing. It's like, yes. oh yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> yes. Isn't that <laughs> I true? I want to actually do that. Yeah. Right. So, or you're seeing it, but you don't quite have the courage to act on it. And yeah. to hear them confirm that you go, okay, that's all I needed to hear. I knew when my instinct was right. And I just needed someone to confirm that and affirm that in me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So as we wrap up, I want you to share two things. The first is you've got a new book coming out. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, So I'm so excited about this. Um, The book is called Escaping the Career Trap. Mm. Uh, The subtitle is Transform Your Apathy into Ambition and Love Every Mondays Again. So it is all about how to, first of all, what are the the lies? There's five lies that are holding you back in your career. So let's learn about what those are and how Mm. you play differently. Mm. And then we talk about, okay, how do you start to disrupt? Mm. And how do you start to align with the things that are important to you, break some of those rules, and then really move into thriving in Mm. terms of paying back and and really leading with strength and with conviction. Um, So that's going to be coming out in mid-January. So I'm very, very excited about that. Thanks for the plug. Oh, of course. I love that. I'm already thinking of my chapter, survival to thrival. And, you know, because I have a PhD, I get to make up words now. <laughs> I make words. I do too, but for different reasons. <laughs> for different, and you get to make them up because of life experience. So we both get to make them up. It's a word today. We're going to go word today. Yeah. But so I love what you're saying there because I do think many of us are stuck in survival. We don't even realize it. And again, that's what a professional helped me see. Wow. I had a lot of survival thinking like, just get through Monday or, or just, just get through this week or, or, um, white knuckle it through life and hope that you'll, you'll be able to just be successful or eke out a success. You don't even realize you're thinking that. And then when you hear yourself think it, you're like, that's so sad. I wouldn't want anyone else thinking that. Hmm. So I love that you said that. And I love that there's this emphasis that there is a life pattern and a thought pattern around 
surviving, but there's a lot life pattern and a thought pattern around thriving. Yeah. And, and we actually, this is the good news I tell people, we actually practice the survival thinking. The good news is if you practice that, you can actually start shifting into start practicing thrival thinking, but it takes some really clear practices. And to your point, understanding the lies that you've probably been told and have accepted and are believing for way too long. So yeah, and you don't do even we, know that. We don't you even just know. assume them as so, this is how yes. things are. Right. And it doesn't even occur to you like, wait a minute. Right, right. It have to be that way, right? Right, so, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get to eradicate them. And then more importantly, I get to replace them with the truths. That's so, right. I love that. Okay. I'm going to go get your book because I'm already loving what you're saying. Um, <laughs> the the last thing I want us to wrap up with, this is how I love ending a conversation with uh, some of my amazing people I get to cross paths, paths with. But what are some of your morning rituals? Oh, well, my first ritual is I do not look at any tack for the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, I just find that that's a disruptor for me. So mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm an early riser. Didn't used to be, you know, welcome yeah. to plus 50 life. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I'm up yes. now. So, you know, I'll sit on the rooftop with a cup of coffee and just use that time to think. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going. I'm not a meditator. I'm not kind of a, I'm not an airy fairy kind of person. So, mm-hmm. but I do like to have that quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I spend a lot of time while my brain is early and active doing my creative thinking. So it's like, you know, what's working, what's not, what do I want to do if I have to learn something like Spanish, for example, because I live in Mexico City now, that's <laughs> the stuff I do in the morning. So I spend a lot of that time doing that. But I also take breaks during the day. Yeah. We've got a beautiful park not far from where we live. So midday, I'm just going to check out and I'm just going to go and just get back outside, you know, get some, get some mm. fresh air and, and rethink, you know, kind of reset for the last half of my day. Mm. So I break up a lot of my days in chunks. Um, and I do the things that are hardest first, cause mm. that's when I'm at my best. Mm. Gracias. Muy bien. Muy bien. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy, I love that. And I, for our listeners, you know, you, I emphasize how we start our day. It makes all the difference and it helps us ground our identity. And we, there's so many common themes when I ask this question to people, I don't even, I do this assumptive close now where I go, I don't even ask if you have a morning ritual. I know you do. Right. Yeah, what I'm exactly. seeing is it's aligning with a successful life, but more importantly, a grounded identity. So thanks so much for sharing that. And just thanks so much for, yeah, encouraging it. And I guess let's leave one more encouragement to, to our listeners. What, what encouragement would you like to leave with them, Tammy? You have the power to do everything, to get everything that you want right now. Mm, love it. Right now, you have it. It's all inside you, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Oh, I so concur and agree. I echo what she says. That's a okay. great place to land it. Thanks, everybody, <laughs> for listening. Tammy, thanks for being with us. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. We had such a great time today. And obviously, we are all stepping into this life that we're made for. But isn't it nice to have a little bit of support along the way? If you want to find out more about the life that you're made for, come find me at heatherpenny.com. Go ahead and subscribe. Give us a review that really helps us out and helps spread the word. You get to step into the life that you're made for. Cheering you on.